Well, Jeff, we're on. Um, I don't. I'm. I'm pretty light on material. I don't know about you. You're light on material. Oh, that's good. Now you tell me this. That's great. Uh, <laughs> Got a few we'll off-topic things. We'll see. But, uh, <laughs> now you tell me. Okay, well, we'll just see what happens here. Thank you for here. listening to the Fields Brothers Show. Since I'm light on material, can I go ahead and do the yeah, intro? Yeah, it's all your Okay, take it welcome away. to the Fields Brothers Show podcast. My name is Jeff Fields. I'm here with my brother, Roger, coming to you from uh, glorious central Kentucky, Getting to be a beautiful time of year around here. And so we enjoy getting together and just talking about the grace of God, all that God has done for us through Jesus Christ and the cross of Christ and the difference that that, that has made. And uh, we're both, uh, Roger likes to say, recovering pastors with no record of scandal, at least that anybody ever found out. And We so, say no known, no known yeah, scandal. I get in trouble for saying that, there, you know, so, but, uh, but the, you know, one thing I did think of, and, and I think this would be worth talking about, is... Um, as we're recording this, um, Florida, you're where you yeah. used to live yeah. is, is really yeah. getting pounded yeah. Yeah. with the hurricanes. Yeah. And this will be, and I'm sure when this comes out, when we uh, upload this, they're still going to be, I mean, yeah. recovering for a long time. So, I mean, I, I thought it'd be interesting to, yeah. I don't know if people knew you used to live in Florida. Yeah, so. I lived in Tampa for uh, almost eight years and have a lot of friends there. And uh, it's, you know, I don't think, it's been a while, I think, since one hit as directly as this one's hitting mm-hmm. in the Tampa area. But uh, it's, a, you know, it's, hurricanes are such a weird thing because, you know, you never know where they're going to veer off in different directions. You never know where they're going to get hit or not. And you listen to these predictions, you know, from the weather, and you kind of decide, okay, are we supposed to abandon, you know, our homes and take off? Weathermen really, the weather people yeah, really get excited this time. Yeah. They? they give them something to talk about. And, and uh, but this one apparently is, is moving slow. This is going to be a big deal. I mean, apparently this is sitting right into Tampa, and, uh, you know, three million people live in Tampa Bay. Actually, I don't know, maybe over that now, but, you know, that's Tampa Bay, Clearwater, St. Pete, you know, the whole area there, Sarasota really is considered like part of Tampa Bay. So that the, uh, a lot of people, and, the uh, financial services uh, firm that I'm affiliated with is headquartered in St. Oh, Petersburg. That's right. yeah. And, but yeah. they, of course they're used to this. They yeah. prepared for this. So they have uh, other home offices and other yeah. redundancies. And we can say their name the because country. it's the name of the stadium. So well, you can, can we maybe. Say, okay. It's Raymond James stadium. You're <laughs> yeah. affiliated with Raymond James and, uh, Tampa's stadiums, Raymond James Stadium. They, they have other home office uh, capabilities in like Denver and Tennessee yeah. and Michigan okay. and all that. So they're prepared. But it is something else. I mean, you know, and you still know a lot of people there. I mean, do you stay yeah. in touch with them much or people? Well, a little bit. There? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, a real good friend of mine is a, a children's pastor at a huge Baptist church. And um, uh, I guess it'd be, I don't know if that's really St. Peter Clearwater, but it's, uh, you know, so. How did you, I mean, feel free to decline on this, but uh, I think people be interested to know how you. How you wound up going to Florida in the first place? Well, you, you, you know, I, I was pastoring church in um, um, in Kentucky, and it was just uh, yeah, it's it's the longest story I probably want to tell on the podcast, but um, tell on the podcast. But it's just something we felt like God wants to do, and we wanted to kind of it always had in my heart to plant a church. Um, a lot of things fell together. What year was, was that? That was this would have been mid nineties in eighty no eighty nine, I believe. Ladies, okay, 80, right. yeah, eighty. 87 or 89. Wow, now you make me think. Um, yeah, I think it would have been 89. Left. But um, so, yeah, I did. I mean, went down there, planted a little church, and never really got serious traction. Ended up merging with another church, and then I became a pa- um, associate pastor there. And it was at that church, and, you know, seven, eight years later, we started Kids Blitz, which is a ministry that we ran for 23 years and just. And retired from that about two two and a half years ago, 
And so, yeah, I mean, you know, Tampa's, um, Tampa's a crazy place. I mean, to give you one little factoid about Tampa, that all the original cop shows were filmed in Tampa. I mean, there's a lot, a lot oh, of really? crime in Tampa, yeah. Did they ever have a hurricane come through, you know, head on? When no, you were not head on. Or? I don't remember anything. Nothing ever major. I mean, we got, you know, sideswiped by a few, and everybody you know, goes and cleans out the stores, and everybody buys plywood and plywoods yeah. up their houses. Um, it's uh, – you know, one of the things that just always amazes me that I think we got to move on is that in, in, with all the technological advances that we've made over the years, with, yeah, I mean, just amazing the stuff we've invented technologically and all that. We still can't solve the issue of still most of our telephone poles, you know, our, our electric grid is above ground on a telephone mm-hmm. pole. And the biggest thing that always happens in these storms is it just wipes out power. And I know you can't bury it all, but at least there, you think there's got to be something we can come up with to solve that. Either a, I don't know, a better telephone pole, you know, something where, I mean, no matter where you go in the country, when a storm comes through, that's always the biggest issue. It wipes out power. Yeah. And you always hear, well, you know, 200,000 people without power, half a million without power. It, it'll be in Florida. There'll be, I mean, a lot of people without power, and it'll take days, sometimes weeks, oh, to get yeah, the power yeah. back on. And mm-hmm. all the, you know, power people from different parts of the country will all have to come down there yeah. and help out because – and it happens every single time. And you would think somebody could figure out, I don't know, how to make a, a telephone pole. I think newer, newer neighborhoods, they tend to bury the they lines. Bury some they bury some of them, yeah. But, but still, you know, the grid. You can't, once the neighborhood's built, though, yeah, you can't really. Yeah, yeah. well, I guess I'm not saying it's an easy fix. I'm just saying, you know, it looks like there ought to be something. <laughs> Take more I than mean, a couple of weeks. Yeah, this kind of, you know, I just, we've done every, so many other things. And can we not, you know, I guess you can't wirelessly transmit. AC, electric, you can do it with you know battery DC, but not AC, I guess. I don't know. It just seems to me like there ought to be a way to solve that. Um, so anyway. Okay. Well I've got a I've got a few random things off topic here. Um, you have you don't know this yet, but I, I absolutely guarantee you, you have a new favorite professional golfer. That you, don't know, that you don't know about. You're going to love no, when this. When you guy. say a new, you're assuming I have a, prof- a favorite professional well, golfer. Okay. You I mean, now have a favored professional okay. golfer. We'll say it that way. All right. Okay. He's from, I think, from South Korea. His name is Tom Kim, K-I-M. Okay. Pretty good golfer. There was, and he's on a pro circuit. I mean, somebody that yeah, you, over there. But he he's played some in the U.S. Okay, I think. And but he they had the Presidents Cup last weekend, which is U.S. versus international players, and he was on the international team. Thomas Kim. Well, he goes by Tom. I don't Tom know if it's Kim. Tom or not. T O M K I M. Tom Kim. Okay. But uh, you can Google it later and look at. It. But he, I'm sure you're. He's your favorite golfer now because what he does when he gets up on the first tee. You know, normally everything's quiet and the people <laughs> hold up their signs. Yeah. He actually eggs the crowd on to cheer. Really? And he gets, you know, they announce him and he claps and he gets up there. And of course, now the, now the crowds have gotten used to him and they know he does this. And so he'll get up there and he'll start waving like, come on, yeah. come on, bring it, bring it in there. And he'll get up there. If it's not loud enough, he'll, he'll get him more. And they just cheer and yell like crazy. While he's hitting his first, well, tee shot. he is my favorite there golfer. Go. There I you go. I am a fan. <laughs> I might put a poster of him up in my office. He's a real young guy. I mean, he's only like twenty or something like See, that. See, he gets it. He really gets there. it. So. Golf is way too boring. He gets it. And he's trying to liven it up a little bit. Well, anyway, okay, so that's one thing. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not. Did you see the um, 
It made me think it's, it's good that you, you do not have a pond on your property here, do you? For no, weddings? we used to have a pond right behind our property. Okay. Did you see the news what happened in Southern Kentucky no. just a week or so ago? No. They had a area, it's kind of out in the country, and had a, a pond. You know, not a real big, you know, not a lake. It was just a pond, not real big. But there's a little dock that goes out off the edge, you know, not real far out, maybe 10 feet like or something like that. Like a farm or something? Or yeah, what? Okay. like in the back of someone's farm or I don't know. And so they had a wedding. And the uh-huh. preacher's on the, the pier with his back to the water. And the the bride and groom, and so if you Google probably Southern Kentucky wedding preacher in the water or something like that, preacher falls in the water. So he's, you know, the bride's coming down from the kind of a grassy hill. You know, they got the party and the men and the women, all you know, the party lined up. And everyone is facing the bride, of course. Nobody's facing the preacher. Well, when he's up there, a gust of wind comes along and blows his notes into the pond. And so he lays down on the end of the pier while everybody... Is there like video of this? Yeah, yeah, Okay. There is. So while no one's looking at him, everyone's looking at the bride that's coming up from the back. He he lays down on the end of the dock or pier, whatever you call it, and tries to reach his notes in the water. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And he tried to reach a little bit too far, and he falls completely in the pond. So, you know, the bride's coming down, and everybody hears a splash. (laughs) So he was able to climb out. Oh, not real deep. But he's able to climb out. I guess come around she the can side see this coming down the yeah, aisle because yeah, she's right. facing yeah. him. And, so, and yeah. I guess her dad or whoever was walking her down. But then he goes. So he ended up performing the wedding just so, totally drenched. <laughs> I don't know if he ever got his. That notes is or not. one of the funny stories. What stories? But, I've but heard. he is. And the neat thing too, he has really, you know, embraced it and laughed with everybody else. And he is kind wow. of, you know, uh, so I forget I'm his name. That's a YouTube video now. Wow. Uh, probably so. So you look at preacher, Southern Kentucky preacher falling in water or I'm wedding. Like, I might put that on like my that. Facebook page. Yeah, if I can if you find, find that. It, but that would be uh, great. <laughs> it was pretty funny. But I thought of you during that time. One other thing, we'll, we'll turn to. Um, <laughs> it's amazing the things that reminds you of me. Huh? The preacher falls <laughs> in a pond during a wedding. Okay. <laughs> And the guy is uh, getting everybody to cheer him on while he's golfing. Okay. I'm okay. Sorry. Here, I'm going to give you some uh, some Bible uh, helpful uh, tips here. I saw this. We, they never taught us this in Bible college. You and I went to the same Bible college. They never taught us this. So this saw this on Facebook the other day. I don't I don't know if you saw this or not. It's the someone shared it. Some preacher had. I think this is great. General Paul, the title is General Pauline Letter Outline. All right. So we think of the letters, the epistles that yeah. Paul wrote. Right. So there's five components. Now, I'm sure there's exceptions. So, you know, don't take this too detailed, literally. But there's basically five components in this order in Paul's letters to the churches. Okay. Number one, grace. Right. You know, he starts out. Grace and peace to you, whatever. So number one's grace. Number two, I thank God for you. That's a lot right after that. You know, thank you. I'm with you. Number three, hold fast to the gospel. So it describes yeah. different ways, just telling who Christ is, what is done. Yeah. So we got grace, number one. Two, I thank God for you. Three, hold fast to the gospel. Number four, for the love of everything holy, stop being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good way of saying yeah, it. I, I can, I'm with you. I'm all right. Okay. So grace, I thank God for you. Number three, hold fast to the gospel. Number four, for the love of everything holy, stop being stupid. Number five. Timothy says hi. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> that is pretty funny. So Grace, I that thank is, God for that's you. That's relatively accurate. That guy sums really up a lot of a lot of Paul's letters. I would have, you know, being an Andy Griffith fan, I I, I would have said Timothy says hey instead yeah. of hi, but that's okay. Yeah. So just to to review here, 
Number one, grace. Number two, I thank God for you. Number three, hold fast to the gospel. Number four, for the love of everything holy, stop being stupid. Number five, Timothy says hi. So <laughs> That's pretty funny. That is your Bible lesson for the week. That's Did you tough. ever hear that at Bible college? No, no, I never heard that, I, uh, that I, synopsis. I don't, of, don't remember uh, that. You know, Paul's letters. Okay, let me well, check this off. Okay, <laughs> okay Rogers. I have a question for you. Okay, okay. go ahead. The question is you know, a little point here, but... You know, we've been looking at the, the uh, you know big deal on TV. The 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 Queen passed away. The Queen right. the Queen of England died, and um, you know from what I've read, she was she was a pretty good Queen in a lot of respects. I think and so, the only Queen know. we've ever known of for the well, Queen yeah, of England. Well, we, she really isn't our Queen. Yeah. Since we're American. But well, yeah, whatever. Yes. But I mean, she seems like she you know had a love for God and understood a little bit about the gospel. And I don't know, mm-hmm. a lot of things I've heard sound pretty good. But anyway, so now we got Charles. Okay, Charles is the, Charles is king. We okay? got Charles. Yeah, we got, he's not. You just, you say, you just told me. Yeah, she's I say, not okay, queen. they got, say, Charles. got Charles. I'm sorry, they got Charles. Okay, so the the question becomes, you know, so what what did? Of course, there's an obvious answer to this, but what did Charles ever do to get this? I mean, Charles is from what I've read has not done anything really spectacular or outstanding or whatever. So how did Charles? get to be he's not the king of england and now it's mm-hmm. god saved the king i didn't know you could just change the words of the song but i guess it's now you know was god saved it is the queen. weird to hear talk yeah. about king charles yeah. i mean all our lives yes. we've prince heard of queen elizabeth yeah, and, and now prince here. charles yeah now it's king charles and god saved yeah. the king so what did, what did he do he was just born into that family he's born in the family i mean it's just a simple analogy though mm-hmm. that's like what did we do to get our inheritance well he inherited being king he just mm-hmm. inherited it. he did nothing if he'd been the complete biggest bozo in the world it probably he probably would still be king most likely um and so anyway i think it's kind of an illustration of grace so yeah, it's been a big deal for sure it's interesting it's kind of like there's almost no in between when it comes to british royalty stuff either some people really get into it and really find it fascinating and a lot of other people and i'm probably one of these a lot of other people just don't get don't it. care yeah yeah <laughs> just what and i kind of there's very few way. people in between yeah. it seems like and the only thing that makes me in a way care somebody's because so many other people care you know yeah. so it's like okay what is it about this that and i guess if, if you're british though i mean think of the 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 rich history of, of england yeah. is amazing and so i can kind of see where that kind of ties the history together having you know and i heard someone point out this from so, over there that you know the politicians come and go Right. Um, that's true. That's, but to, there is a stability. Then, yeah, there is a um, continuity. Continuity. Uh, uh, normally, right. now some of them, I guess, yeah. could, could be in a role, but uh, but there's a continuity, so it allows you know if they don't mess up, it allows the. I don't know why we're talking about all this, but I, it allows the nation to kind of yeah. acquiesce around yeah. a personality that's all right. not going to come and go. So anyway, anyway so. now I, got, I know you know what your problem is, Jeff. When it comes to talk, you talk about. The gospel. You talk about the grace of God. I do. You talk about just the what we have on this side of the cross. Jesus paid for everything. He's given us his righteousness. Um, he has given us an inheritance and all that we've talked about. In that. But the problem is, Jeff, your problem is you're just promoting a feel-good gospel. That's all you're Easy doing. Easy believe it. Well, yeah, that's, another, that's actually another you know, angle on this. But it's feel-good. You just want people to feel good. It's a feel-good gospel. And that's where you're off. It's just a, that's all you're doing. I, I saw some just in the last day or two uh, on Facebook. I don't think you would have seen it because I don't think this. But anyway, it's something, a quote of sometimes the truth does not feel good. 
Yeah. Pretty sure that's pretty close. It's okay. very similar to what okay. what you're getting at All here. Right. Sometimes the truth does not feel good. And I well, okay, okay, that's true. Yeah. But sometimes sometimes the lie doesn't feel good either. Yeah, you right. Know, the lies don't feel good yeah. either. Yeah, lie can feel good or bad, and truth can feel good or bad. Yeah. So the point is, what I mean, you know. That, but in this case, the only thing that was said was sometimes the truth doesn't feel good. It's it's yeah. kind of like, it's kind of like what you're saying, boy. You don't you don't want people feeling very good. I tell you, there are, there are an army of I guess. Christians who would say, the people who believe, say they believe in Jesus, believe in the Bible, who just cannot stand it when Christians are enjoying their relationship with God, enjoying their salvation, enjoying life. They, it just seems to really irritate them. And so they use these kind of phrases, well, you just promote the feel-good gospel, mm-hmm. is if, if you're really spiritual, Jeff, you would make people feel bad. Yeah. But obviously you're not, so you're just in making people feel good. And we know that can't be from God. I mean, that's, that's the vantage point of this. Yeah, I think that comes from two or three different angles. One is just kind of the nature of the flesh uh, and religious and all that. But I think it also comes from misinterpreting, you know, the teachings of Jesus and not understanding who he was talking to. When, you know, deny yourself and that type of thing. When he was talking to those, speaking to those who were under the law. And, you know, the good news on this side of the cross is that what Jesus called for there was accomplished on the cross. So we have yeah. already denied ourselves yeah. in Christ at the cross. Our old man is crucified with him. We're a new creation. And so, I mean, so to promote, you know, say, yeah, you don't have to feel guilty for feeling good. You know, it doesn't mean, you know, we still have hardships. Obviously, right. yeah. you know, if you're in a right. hurricane, you know, people in right. Florida right now are not feeling very right. good in right. terms of that. Right. But, but you, don't feel, you don't feel guilty for feeling good. Well, but you're yeah. supposed to. See, that's well, the point. <laughs> like a lot guilty. of religious people, yeah. you cannot feel good. You've got to feel burdened. You've got to feel bad about, well, your own sin. Because the closer you get to God, the worse you're going to yeah, feel about, about your yeah. sin. You know, and you're going to, I mean, it is amazing how we just seem to be irritated if Christians enjoy anything. And it's, it's. And no wonder the world doesn't yeah. think much of Christianity. Yeah, and it's, I think it comes from thinking that guilt is the only way to motivate people, right. the guilt and shame, and not it's underappreciating the power of the love of God in our hearts yeah. to do things and to live a certain way without feeling guilty. Yeah. I mean, that's just totally foreign to, yeah. to, to some people. Yeah. I mean, you would do right without feeling, you know, even if you don't feel guilty, you, yeah. even if you don't have to, yeah, you're still going to do that. Guilt and shame is their motivator and fear. You think motivated? about what motivated Jesus. You know, I think of that times. Okay, why did Jesus do what he did? What motivated him? Was he ever motivated because he didn't want to feel guilty? No. No. You know, it, it was, did he ever do anything to try to get closer to the Father? No. Did he ever do anything out of fear that he would get, you know, just, no. You know, that's who he was. Right. His identity. And the Father's love. He knew he was loved. He knew who he was. And, um... He knew his father was. He had a relationship, and he did what he did out of that. He was being himself. He was being himself. He was just being himself. And so when Christ is our life, and we're in him, and he's in us, I mean, that's, that's yeah. what we're called to do, I to mean, be ourselves in Christ and who he is in us. And, I, and, I, and I've seen, occasionally I'll read some quotes, just some little snippets by, by atheists who criticize Christianity, and they always criticize, or usually this side of it. Well, you know, it's just, you know, they believe, well, you're just living a supervised life. You know, God is just there mm-hmm. to... And what they describe is life under the law, and even then, it's even worse than what it was under the law of Moses. I mean, they but they do describe fairly accurately sometimes what how Christians have presented Christianity, yeah. and 
you know, it's like some. I heard this illustration or read it the other day on Facebook that somebody said, "Well, now if somebody played was playing a piano and they played Beethoven poorly, you wouldn't blame Beethoven. Hmm. You play, right. play, played it poorly, and that's yeah. kind of what happens in Christianity. People play it very poorly. I mean, we present it poorly. We make it something that's not in in the Bible. We make it something that's that's not good news. It's not." full forgiveness, it's not acceptance by God through Jesus. We play this poorly, and then we end up blaming Jesus for it. Well, we don't blame Beethoven when somebody plays Beethoven poorly, and I think the exact same thing happens with the gospel. It really it reminds me of that phrase that gets quoted all the time, but it's a great phrase, and it, and it deserves to be quoted all the time. Uh, Eugene Peterson, the unforced rhythms of grace. Yeah. From Matthew eleven, I think yeah, they come to be, you yeah, know, the yeah. and all that. I mean, if you're trying real hard to live the Christian life, something's wrong. <laughs> something's wrong. You, you're missing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you don't try hard to, you know, in the natural and the physical things. You know, I have certain, you know, because I am who I am physically in the DNA in me. You know, I don't. I, I you know, I talk. Maybe some people think I sound like I talk like I'm from Kentucky yeah. or whatever. Um, I don't have to try to talk no. like this. You know, I don't have right. to try to walk. You know, we all have a unique gait to us and how we walk. We don't have to try to do that. It's just who we are. Mm-hmm. And so as we learn who we are, life in Christ, daily walk becomes the most natural, easy thing yeah. in the world. Yeah, really. it really does. Um, I, I you, you read probably the quote I put on Facebook the other day where I said, you know, religion is kind of like the, the McDonald's ice cream machine. You know, it promises a lot. <laughs> and it always breaks down, you know, and that's kind of what, y'all you know how many times, back when I used to get McDonald's milkshakes, which I don't do anymore, but I don't know, probably half the time. I know, I don't even, occasionally I, would I get, thought, boy, you know, I wouldn't mind, but then I think, okay, there's a 50-50 chance yeah. it's not going to be working, yeah, it, so but, why are we, I mean, it's amazing, it? but, but, and I, and I get in line with great expectation, boy, <laughs> this is going to be great, and I can taste that milkshake, and I like to get the big vanilla milkshakes from McDonald's, and boy, that was vanilla. my thing. Oh, yeah, I don't know why vanilla, but. And now, and half the time, well, it's it's broken down, it's frozen up, yeah. it's not working. I mean, and that's kind of what religion does to you. It promises a lot and just never pays. It up. Reminds me, I've heard Wayne Jacobson say that the the typical. Now, this is not true of every congregation, but but more times than not, the typical organized congregation it creates. I forget exactly how to say it, but it, 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 they're good at creating an appetite that they can't fulfill, right, right. creating a thirst that they can't fulfill. And so, um, yeah, a lot of times the uh, the ice cream machine is broken with that. But Well, and I just think you know, what we put together is this patchwork of obligations. We call it the gospel. We call it Christianity. But it's really, and I've said many times, it's worse than the law. What we have done with Christianity is harder than it was to even be a, a Jew under the law. And I well, think it's amazing. One of the verses I jotted out goes a little bit what we're talking about in terms of just life in Christ being natural and that type of thing. I thought of this the other day, that verse in John 37, it's a fascinating verse, uh, seven thirty-seven. out of his, you know, if, if any man thirst, let him come unto me. And, he, and then John even adds the commentary that Jesus wasn't really even speaking about what was going on then. He was speaking about later on when the Holy spirit would come, but out of his belly or out of his innermost parts will flow rivers of living water. Right. And it says referring to the spirit. Right. And it, and it kind of struck me that, you know, we always think of the spirit as having to, you know, we're going to bring down the spirit or God's yeah. going to pour out his spirit on her, you know, is external, but no, yeah. it says from out of, out of you. Yeah. And so, I mean, and I think it's a little bit pictured in the transfiguration up on the mountain when Jesus started to, you know, essentially glow, you know, yeah. a brilliance there. It didn't come down from on high, you know, it came yeah. from within him. Yeah. 
And so, you know, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We, we just have no, we have so little, I have so little comprehension of the glory of God that is within us. Yeah. And, it, it, isn't it amazing that, I mean, would you agree with this, that, you know, I mean, there is, I believe there is a Satan, there is a devil, and he is, big thing is deceiving. He's a, he's a great liar. He's not great at everything, but he is pretty good at that. According, according to Jesus, he's the father mm-hmm. of lies. And so I believe what apparently he has done and with some effectiveness is just to convince believers, convince which not you know they're not really doing a lot of believing, but to convince Christians that they're just under a weight of burdensome um, rules, obligations, and just tamp down the gospel, the good news, to mean virtually nothing. Masquerades as an angel of light, and, and uh, you know it's um, you know so so I mean what, what a tactic. Let's just get the people who should be communicating the incredible good news of what Jesus has done for us, his finished work on the cross. Let's convince them it really isn't finished. Let's convince him them that he's just kind of a, you know, the cross is kind of a, an icon kind of a thing, just something that, that happened. But that as I read on Facebook the other day also, you know, really Jesus just wants you to, to do two things, love God and love people. If you would just go do that. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that in a, at a funeral sermon just, yeah. A day or two yeah. ago, Jesus yeah. only told us two things. If you just things, do that, love God and love others. And so let's just forget the cross. I mean, yeah. I really, that was yeah. just kind of a, you know, we don't really, you know, let's just kind of ignore that. Let's just talk about the stuff you should be doing, which just strips the good news out of everything. And so, I mean, the point is that all of that type of motivation does not transform the heart at all. No. So it's not that we're opposed to people living different. It's just we know that that's not how you get there. That that we've got plenty yeah. of experience in history to show that doesn't work. The good news, I mean, we we want people to be free from the destruction of of unrighteous living and all that. We desire that for ourselves and for others. So it's not that we just think sin doesn't matter or it doesn't matter how you live. We just know that, that doesn't work. That, that doesn't work. <laughs> and we just kind of want to be practical on this. That what does work, the you know, it's Romans one. That's you know. The, the power of God, uh, you know, the gospel is the power of God and the good news of who Jesus is, that he took our sin, he paid for it all, so God is not holding our sin against us, and he has given us his life. We're crucified and risen with him. He's given us his life, and we can rest in him knowing that we're loved, and he will produce that fruit in our lives apart from any uh, laws or rules. So. So on the basis of that, that's the hold fast of the gospel. So on the basis of that, now Paul would say, for the love of everything holy, <laughs> stop being stupid. And then he would say, Timothy says, hey. That's great. <laughs> yep. I like it. 